We have to go back! everyone welcome back to the flashback flicks retro movie podcast i'm ricky i'm grayson and aren't we all just a little monster uh so what were you doing this week with the uh trolls world tour making their way to your homes uh we decided to take a look at a little movie known as little monsters the 1989 uh black comedy fantasy film starring fred savage and howie mandel yeah and not just Fred Savage, Ben Savage. And not just Ben but, Savage, <laughs> Kayla Savage. See, y- y- you can't see us, but I learned the TikTok Savage dance just to uh, just to be on par because there's so much Savage. Oh, uh, and I will look up what that dance is after we finish <laughs> recording. I'll read about it in the newspaper. In the papers. <laughs> So Little Monsters tells the story of a boy who befriends a real-life monster under the bed and discovers a secret world of monsters who sneak into children's bedrooms at night to pull pranks on them. If this sounds familiar to you, um, according to IMDb, which I have yet to be able to cite it, Little Monsters is the inspiration for Monsters, Inc. Yeah, I read that and instantly didn't believe it, but it makes sense. I also heard that it's the inspiration for Lady Gaga's career, (sighs) because that's what she calls her fans. That's right. uh, The jury's out. Yeah, yeah. So I guess I mean there's so much already headcanon about this movie just <laughs> being in existence and, and inspiring so much. Um, but uh, so this movie has actually, interestingly enough, did not get a wide release. This movie was made um, in 1989. Originally uh, released by a very small independent uh, production company, uh, which ultimately got bought out by uh, MGM Studios. So um, it did get a release of like a hundred something theaters. Like it didn't really go out wow. a lot, but it still made its way uh, to vhs and so box office wise wasn't great uh so with a budget of seven million dollars it brought in seven hundred and ninety three thousand dollars oh yikes i was gonna say seven million to make this is pretty amazing for what they do in the sets and the costumes but that brought in such small numbers yeah, that, that's rough that's rough but this is not a movie that i hear people slander but it's also no. not a movie that I hear people praise. I I totally agree. Like I have not seen Little Monsters until reviewing it for the podcast, but I've always been aware of the movie. Um, not that Howie Mandel was in it at all. Um, or also just in research found out that Howie Mandel had his own talk show. Um, oh, I yeah. primarily knew Howie Mandel in my childhood from Bobby's world. Sure. And, um, but like Howie Mandel interviewed uh, Fred Savage on the Howie Mandel show uh, in 1998, September 1st. And they talked about the movie because there's not a ton of research about this movie. But I found this little clip that shared the production company bought a condemned factory <laughs> that was abandoned in theory because it was toxic because the crew was wearing surgical masks. Oh, well, then I stand corrected. It inspired Britney Spears' career. <laughs> and so, uh, Hi Mandel 
was in five hours worth of makeup, uh, just covered in latex, uh, just burning up. And and they were just like, wait, is this place fine? And everyone's like, oh, well, it's fine. Yeah, just like <laughs> just talking through the surgical mask. But uh, yeah, it was it was an interesting uh, production because um, the, the, the parallels to this that this movie has to. Uh, Monsters Inc. is just undeniable. I mean, just the the whole underground world of monsters mm-hmm. that uh, have some kind of free market for scaring. Yeah, a, um, a world where former stand up comedians play monsters. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. And um, and the lead monster is blue and with horns. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the real monsters are the children inside all of us. <laughs> Oh, the real monsters were the friends we scared away. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, it's bizarre though, because I have seen this movie. I know in my mind that I have seen it. I remembered very little. I only know that I've seen it because I'm pretty sure I've seen all of the Fred Savage canon. But I was oh, okay. getting it mixed up where I was like, I know that we have reviewed a movie where Fred Savage has to get his brother to California one way or another. Yep. And it was the other one. But yes. uh, I have seen this. I remember very little about it, though. So I felt like I was watching it for the first time. Yeah. And Fred Savage was um, very in demand. I want to say this might have been his first feature. Uh, speaking of, this was definitely Ben Savage's first feature, the film at, right after um, the success of The Wonder Years. And I want to say that this is like the first project. Um, and following this project was The Wizard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he had a Jim Carrey year yeah. with uh, The Wizard and Little Monsters. Just two uh, very iconic um, and kind of cult classic movies that are beloved by so many and understood by even fewer. Well, and it's fun too because, you know, Daniel Stern, who plays Fred Savage's father in this, uh, plays he's the narrator of the old version of uh, Fred Savage from the Wonder Years. So you hear that narrator, no that's Daniel Stern speaking, and in this they play <gasps> father son. So it's a it's a nice connection. I never realized that. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh man, that changes my headcanon a lot. So they had a history together, and you can kind of see that when they interact. They have a very natural interaction, and it's because they had worked together before. I mean that's that's amazing because this movie has such a uh, such an amazing cast of people, uh, not only the Savages um, or the Mandels, or um, I'm sorry, Howie Mandel. I just assume got his family in to do all the other monsters because <laughs> the makeup was so incredible. You had mentioned that Howie Mandel had the latex on him, which is really fun for the casting because if you look at Howie Mandel's old stand-up routine, he used to have a signature bit where he would put this latex glove over his head and he would like over yeah. his nose yeah. and he would inflate it. So it's like, that was the audition. You're just going to wrap your head in latex. You'll, you'll be used to it. It's fine. It's great. But he had a lot yes. of makeup on in this, a lot. So much. And they built, I mean, they built so much of this, like the, these practical sets, like there is very little visual effects uh like all of them were like special like in-camera effects and i was just like wow like they i, mm. I can see where the money went because they were like well we gotta 
got to find some way to animate these clothes. Yeah, the practical effects are very impressive. And I think it gives it uh, a very real feel, you know, like it, it's not digital or anything like that. And uh, I don't know. There's something about it. It's almost like a stage play. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, with seven million, you got to be creative. Yeah, and I, I totally agree. This movie um, really gave me the feel of like if they were like they basically saw Beetlejuice uh, and they said, "Can we make this um, but for kids?" And then <laughs> and they someone's said, like, "Wait, nope. Beetlejuice isn't." <laughs> they said, uh, "Beetlejuice isn't for kids." We are really like. We got to tell our animation team because we're making a Beetlejuice cartoon and it is CBS is very excited <laughs> about it. Uh, but like it really it has that really dark, uh, edgy uh, kind of because I mean, it's categorized as a, a black comedy instead of like a dark comedy. Um, and I think that has to do more with a lot of like the gore and the puppetry and just like the boy boy's mm. face falling off mm. i was like oh see if i would have seen this as a kid i would have had every nightmare just oh, like yeah every nightmare so that being said grayson when you watch this as a kid mm-hmm. did you also have every nightmare because so that yeah. was terrifying i think that's why i know i've seen it but don't remember it because there's part of my brain that is deeply repressing it in order to allow mm-hmm. me to sleep yeah, no, I, I believe that this is a groundbreaking genre, which is children's horror. And I'm not talking R.L. Stein. I'm talking <laughs> yeah. deeply, deeply terrifying yeah. images that you carry with you uh, to bedtime every night. It's very scary. It is not for children. They rip a yeah. child's head off and replace it with like a pumpkin muppet. So it is um, very disturbing. I mean, it's got it's got mild language in it and all that kind of stuff. And at first I was watching it and I was like, oh, this is perfect. I mean, it's we're halfway through April. What this really is, is like, it's an April Fool's movie. You know, they're just joking around, putting peanut butter <laughs> on phones, ran rap on the toilet, all that. I was like, it's yeah. April Fool's. And I was like, no, it's straight up hell is what is happening here. This is very scary. And I <laughs> don't think I should have watched it as a child. Also, yeah. as an adult, yeah. I found it unsettling <laughs> in a different way because I watched all the way through the credits. And I don't did you watch all the way? Did you go past the, you know, the trailer for Ozark that they tried to make you watch on Netflix? Did you go back into the thumbnail? I did not. So if you no. go to the very end, the music fades out and then it's just the sound of I assume Howie Mandel eating Doritos. It's like the original ASMR at the end of this. And I'm like, I am so uncomfortable with this <laughs> chip eating. And then there's like a light belch wow. at the end of it. And I was just like, Ugh, uh, uh. yeah. So I had wow. so many reasons to be uncomfortable. That being said, I had a great time watching it. Yeah. I mean, this movie, it's interesting because when you watch it now, you you wonder who was behind the wheel at the MPAA uh, rating system in the 80s. It's just like, ah, it's, it's probably fine. This movie has a PG rating. Oh, wow. um, I don't even think that this would get a today's PG. Like, I think it would get a PG-13, like, just off the bat. And then they were like, oh, well, let's just go ahead and push for an R. Because like you said, it's 
it's uh they they do things in this movie that go beyond just like oh this is just like mischief and it's just like oh this is terrorism <laughs> like the the breaking point between a uh, Fred Savage's character and High Mandel's character is when they're trying to terrify a baby and that's his line the things that he does and agrees to in this movie that lead up to that is just like, oh, this guy is going to, like, it's just going to escalate to murder. He's like, oh, look, I, I saw this kid's head off. He's like, Maurice, what? <laughs> like, oh, no, it's just a... It's a joke, uh, friends, uh, some mix-em-ups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. so I just, it, it, it's a lot. But the, the interesting thing about this movie that I thought um, really solidified it as being different from Monsters, Inc. Um, was the whole, if you stay in that underworld long enough you Mm. yourself become a monster um yeah which really gave me a lot of inspiration for headcanon i think setting up those rules that is what builds the world is knowing the rules i mean really any movie that deals with such a high concept back to the future has its own rules hocus pocus has its own rules and this one is no different um i mean it's six cents has very set rules for what can and can't happen. And as wild as everything is in this story, we understand the stakes because they clearly articulate the rules. So I think that's why I'm able to, you know, just hop in and go along on this journey because I absolutely know what we're playing against. Absolutely. I mean, overall, I'm glad that I got a little taste of Little Monsters. As I'm, pro- I'm sure I've probably shared on the podcast before. I, u- I used to think that that there wasn't a monster under my bed, uh, but instead, like this really massive head cannon. Head cannon. <laughs> head cannon is a part of the show we share with you unique ideas and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. Uh, so originally, uh, before you enlightened me about uh, the relationship uh, with. Um, you know, Fred Savage and Daniel Stern. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought, Grayson, for a second, for a brief second, we are going to have identical headcanons. Oh, um, we still might. But I, I'm going to I'm going to start my piece of headcanon uh, with that uh, little uh, piece of information that the movie gave us about um, the the monsters become monsters by basically uh, kids just staying out in this land too long. Mm-hmm. That reminded me largely of Pinocchio. Oh, um, and that's that, great. That little circus that they go to where like kids get to smoke cigars and swear and they all turn into donkeys. <laughs> um well, I think that this is that next stage. Um that basically um like the longer that they stay down there, they start, you know, um turning more into these monster-like creatures and the more that they realized that they could go into the daylight uh kind of like what happened uh, with maurice mm-hmm. the more he went into the daylight he like he started growing horns after that mm-hmm. uh and so i think that the daylight actually adds to um the disfigurement of their forms and so they kind of mutate more and more into these kind of monster-like creatures and that is um the headcanon that uh this takes place in the same world of Pinocchio. I love that. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, the transformations and that, I mean, kind of morality aspect of what they're doing right. and what they become. Yeah, absolutely. 
So my head yeah. canon for Little Monsters um, does center around Daniel Stern. And uh, one of the plot lines that's not really resolved is the divorce between the parents. And they were just concerned that their kid was missing. Still seems like their marriage is going to fall apart. So my head canon is that it does. They end up getting separated. And so um, he ends up turning to a life of crime and takes the name Marv and can't deal with it. So he specifically targets the house of the child that used to bully his kids. So we think it was about Kevin. It wasn't. Home Alone was about Buzz. This was revenge on (laughs) Buzz. And Devin Rattray. Yeah. Buzz, your girlfriend. Woof. Yeah. Grayson, that's incredible. I, I I didn't even realize that the, that was the same person. It's like, I only look at Marv, and then it's like, wait, he's there too? Yeah. Got oh, both of them really there. Yeah. That's so it's a, it's a secret revenge movie, Home Alone is, but this is where it started when his life really fell apart. Um, and then at first I was, I was trying to do like a headcanon of like this – monster universe is hell with all the gluttony and uh and like the burger piles and theft and anarchy and stuff and i was and he even says we're dedicated to wreaking hell on the world of kids and i was like it's not a headcanon this is what they're doing that's just that's just the movie (laughs) um so we went too far that's the plot yeah yeah, yeah, but lastly, and this, I don't know what to do with this. It's more of a philosophical headcanon, I guess. But there's a bizarre moment. Like, I froze it and went back, and then it was confirmed afterwards when I was looking up information about the movie. But what during the baseball scene, the the real run-home Jack scene of this, where they're, they're breaking all of the items, the monster ball. So they're playing monster ball. One of the monsters is Ben Savage, like li- like the little brother, uh, and ah. he's in monster horns and he looks like a monster. But it was very clearly him. There are two shots I think that have him in it. It's got like his face is all painted white and stuff. But I was like, that is him. And then it was confirmed wow. when I looked it up. And so my head canon then is that everyone actually has a monster doppelganger. And so part of what the monsters are doing is reversing their role. The more humans become like monsters, the more the monsters can be like humans. So Jordan Peele, let's do it again. Oh my goodness. I cannot that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I got five on it. (laughs) Wow. That's so good. That is incredible headcanon. I love it. Um, I'm I'm only just going to add one little bit of headcanon just because, I mean, who wants to follow that? Um, But the Monsters, Inc. angle, uh, it's it's too big to ignore. So uh, one of the things that I thought before I did my research was that, well, maybe this is the chaos uh, of the world of Monsters, Inc. And that like Monsters, Mm. Inc. is like years later. Like this is just kind of like the... um, or not, not even years later, but this is just some like maybe this is like a unstructured kind of slum of mm. monster, the world of monsters. Uh, just because it, I mean, uh, it feels like Maurice just got like a bunch of like random assignments that uh, it wasn't. 
as polished. It's just like, yeah, yeah, you got this kid over here and like whatever, yeah. whatever the scream or whatever the uh, mischief meter was. Maybe before the monsters got to screams specifically, it was just in chaos. Oh, um, they're like chaos to screams to laughter. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And so they're, they're like, hey, you know, we can actually get more um, energy because like everything was just so dark. Right. Yeah. But they still needed sunshine or whatever version of uh, sunshine that they actually have in Monsters, Inc. And subsequently Monsters University. Like there is day and night. But is it the actual sun or did they decide to have their own um mm. like biodome type thing uh, uh, daytime of the night mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um so, so that's it just that they are interconnected um and that the reason why um they don't see humans anymore in the monster world or why boo um in monsters inc is so unique is because there hasn't been a human in their world because of what happened the last time a human showed up, oh. which was Brian Stevenson basically destroying the whole ecosystem. And like, well, now I was like, well, I got a rule. No humans. Um, <laughs> and then they instead of it being under the bed, they decided that closets would be a, a better avenue oh. um, since they're like, OK, well, we can't go through the same approach twice because word will probably get around. Well, that makes sense then in Monsters, Inc., why they react the way they do whenever that sock comes back with one of the monsters, because in their eyes, that's just one of their fallen brethren. It's Mm. just a pile of dirty laundry. Yep. If you're at home making your own Pepe Silva wall um, and adding to your your Pixar theory, uh, this uh, is somewhere in there, Uh, just like a little post-it note. Out of the real clean line of uh, the timeline for Pixar Theory. All right, now we're going to go to the part of the show where we like to talk about recasts and remakes. Recast or remake. If this movie were to be made today, who would you cast? What would the storyline be? Fun fact, um, according to the internet, um, there was supposed to be a CGI revival of this movie to be released in 2016. What? Um, That's so much not that long in the past. Uh, but it, it never happened. Um, as, as you, um, you know, see by it not being in existence. But um, I think that that would be the right avenue. I think that that would, I mean, do what you did with Beetlejuice and just make a a more kid appropriate version of mm. this movie uh, whose main premise uh, dabbles in uh, the underworld. So just you yeah, animate it so that you can do a lot of the things that you might not be able to do with uh, the budget uh, outside of animation. Maurice so. goes Hawaiian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I think that would be good. I think little monsters could also be, uh, I'm just going to follow the steps that Beetlejuice took and uh, take it to Broadway as well. Uh, I just think that that's just the logical next step. You animate yeah. it, mm-hmm. you give it some time, and then you take it to Broadway. Yeah. No, I, I think that makes sense. A lot of trapdoors. You're going to have to have a lot mm-hmm. of trapdoors mm-hmm. on stage. Uh, yeah. Run it by the union. I think it'll be okay, though. Mm-hmm. The art mm-hmm. requires mm-hmm. it. Yeah, for my for my recast and remake, uh, the remake was tough. Like, yeah, CGI, uh, even like a, a retro style cartoon, I think would be a lot of fun. Really stylize it up. Oh yeah. 
there's a lot of crossovers that you could do. Uh, Beetlejuice, obviously, we've mentioned. I would like to see a world where it's like all of these aspects that are involved in childhood kind of battling against each other at a different scale. Mm. And so I was like, oh, little monsters, small soldiers, what would happen oh. if they got together? So I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. But for the recasting, um, I solidly think that this would have been a fun reboot 10 years after the fact. Um, so it would have been, oh. uh, yeah, like if you reboot it in like 99, get Haley Joel Osment in the Fred Savage role and Jim Carrey as Maurice. And I think it would have had this yeah. really fun revival. I think you would have seen like, it would have been like going from Mad Max to Road Warrior, you know, like it had been the yeah. points back to the original. So, um, yeah, I think it would have been a lot of fun. Yeah. Did you ever see the Jumanji uh, cartoon? Man, no. So they made a Jumanji <laughs> cartoon, um, which was really fun. It, it, it Basically, the kids played the game, but most of the episode actually took place in the world of Jumanji, much like they're doing oh now you're talking about the manjunji the, cartoon the reboot. yeah I, <laughs> yes <laughs> uh that i did see yeah. uh i think that that would also be a fun approach of um kind of taking that with um i either uh doing it in a half hour block but with uh two 15 minute episodes where one episode takes place where maurice gets into mischief in the human world and the other half is where um just Fred Savage, not the character, Fred Savage. No, where uh, Brian He's Stevenson like, I'm directing then, now. <laughs> uh, where Brian Stevenson then goes and gets into mischief mm. in the uh, monster world. So it just basically is just like, um, it, I, I think that would just be a fun animation of just like, it's all revolving around the, the bed, just kind of flipping over and over and over, kind of like that Atlanta promo. Mm. Um the TV show, not the uh, Visitors Bureau. It's like, there's oh. never been a better time. The- <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I just think that that would be a fun story to follow. And and really just about both of them learning the lesson of the week and him the, them teaching each other how to be uh, better friends and better humans uh, in their own respective world. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, and really just expand the world too, because I, I when you mentioned the um, uh, other childhood like things, I imagined uh, that you were talking about Rise of the Guardians, uh, the DreamWorks animated oh. film, where it's just like all the holidays are fighting, yeah, against um, I guess tax season. <laughs> I, I don't know what the movie. I didn't watch the movie, but I saw the it trailer, on silent uh, on a plane. <laughs> but you got it. It's tax law stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so I, I think that expanding that would be really interesting. It's just like, oh no, like, um, uh, maybe, uh, trolls. I mean, since we are reviewing this movie for that reason, just like, oh no, trolls are trying to escape, um, this world or, um, it kind of also gets a, um, uh, gravity falls kind of feel to it where it's just a, a, a general supernatural kind of show. Um, real eerie Indiana. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, finally a reference I can get. <laughs> I think it would be fun if there was a sequel present day where Fred Savage, it, I mean, reprises his role. Howie Mandel comes back to find the best monster talent in America, and 
I think what would happen was you would have you wouldn't know it's a little monsters movie. You would think it would be just like about this tortured office worker who has insomnia, and he's mm-hmm. uh, this horrible, grotesque being appears to him every night. And then you realize it's because Maurice has been going out in the sun trying to reconnect with his best friend that he lost, and he's horribly disfigured. And it's about both of them, you know, finding a connection in this crazy world. Yeah. They called him Mr. Glass. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Now we're going to go to our final segment of the show where we give you our reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend the 1989 movie Little Monsters? I recommend Little Monsters because, uh, honestly, for me, this movie is about the Savage siblings. I think the connection between Fred Savage and Ben Savage, and then, uh, I mean, by extension, Kayla Savage, I suppose, but you really feel like these brothers care for each other in this. And the whole yeah. lost sibling, I mean, we looked at this in uh, you know, Labyrinth. It, there was just something about the connection between like trying to save a sibling that is highly motivating and the, mm-hmm. i think the fact that they are real life siblings play into it and you know both successful in their own right and so it's fun looking back at such an early movie where they're in it together and so for me that was really the highlight of it i also love daniel stern i think he i wish he was in more stuff um and you know this is pre home alone and and it's just you know there are a lot of really great uh, actors in it. And I've grown up with Howie Mandel, you know, in the stuff that I watched throughout my life and same kind of thing. Like this has so many, like between home alone, Bobby's world and wonder years, I was like, wow, these actors really do represent a significant chunk of core programming from a very specific age. So it was, it was great getting to see them all together again. And then, and I think on a, on a deeper, more thematic level, this story is about how we struggle against what we want to do and what we should do. And, uh, you know, there's significant portions of this movie where he just, you know, gives in to his, you know, base urges of what he wants. He wants to create havoc and create all this chaos and stuff and just do what he wants and really seeing like, Oh, the actions that, you know, I, I commit are negatively affecting people in the world And that's a pretty deep lesson, especially for a PG movie marketed towards kids, uh, but a very important lesson. And uh, that ultimately gets me to my final reason to recommend, which is this movie has exactly what I'm looking for in everything with Fred Savage, which is Fred Savage acting wise beyond his years and learning life lessons by the end of the story. That's all I need. I'm on board. Thumbs up the little monsters. Go see it. What would you do if <laughs> I sang out of tune? Uh, no, I totally agree. And you actually uh, like sparked uh, a new headcanon that is uh, there is no monster. And it's just a secret Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde movie. But kid <laughs> edition. Like the monster did it. Yeah, like, I played that card made. last week. I couldn't do it again. Like he doesn't have a brother. Whoa! I, I would say that I I recommend this movie because it it's so interesting. Just what 
is accomplishable in like several decades. Like this movie came out in 1989 um, and it accomplished a lot. Like think of how beloved Monsters Inc. is and think that someone basically had a version of that idea and they just made it. Uh, It's really impressive, like the world building that they had to do uh, with this live action movie that they were able to accomplish. Um, So I I think that that's interesting and definitely worth the watch alone. Um, And also, if you mainly know Howie Mandel as a judge on a talent competition show who would never uh, shake your hand, then it's worth watching his performance in this movie because, Mm -hmm. like, there is nothing from my perspective that screams, oh, that's obviously Howie Mandel. I'm just like, Howie Mandel is giving his all. Like, he is Maurice when he is on screen, and it is just uh, impressive to see. And and same with uh, The Savages. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. They... They do. When I first saw Babyface Mid Savage, I stopped the movie and I was like, "Do I need to? I need to wake up my wife so she can watch this because she she loves Mid Savage, uh, big boy meets world fan." Uh, but I mean, this is his first acting debut and uh, for a film, and he just does just an amazing job. So the acting, um, the heart of the story, and just the the concept uh, being delivered in the eighties is. Definitely worth the watch alone. And that is our review of the 1989 movie Little Monsters. Let us know what you remember about Little Monsters on our social media, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We are at Flashback Flicks. Uh, And uh, if you don't follow us on Instagram, we do a fun thing where almost every time that a movie drops the title of the movie in the movie, we make a little uh, story about it. So follow us on Instagram. For if nothing else, uh, to let us know what you think about the review and to watch our title drops because it's fun love it. to do and look out for. And we're currently uh, part of the uh, six fan art challenge. So uh, I think so far we have three of the six. And so we still need suggestions on who else we should make fan art of, uh, preferably characters from past episodes. So still looking for three more. Would love to hear your suggestions on our Instagram. And it would mean the world to us. It would mean to us all of the peanut butter and onion sandwiches in the world. If you could... Glazed uh, right past that. If you could give us a rating and review of this movie uh, on your podcasting platform of choice. Uh, When you leave a review, it really uh, just multiplies the chances of someone else finding this podcast and enjoying it just like you. So uh, leave us a rating review on a scale of one to five uh, bump in the nights, Mm. if you will. Yeah, or one to five savages, because um, there were more than I realized. <laughs> yeah. And I think if we could get five savages in the world, we would really you know, be in a good spot. And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. Next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Ricky, I know it's tough times out there. People are feeling a little isolated. So I think we owe it to ourselves and everyone out there to give some helpful tips on how to cope being alone by turning to the 2000 isolation classic, Castaway.
you know what they say, Grayson? Where there's a will, there's a way. A castaway. Oh, bump set spike. <laughs>